apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin Tanafrio. And there was a huge trade made in the NFL. The Dolphins traded Tyreek Hill for a uh, for a first round pick, a, a second round pick, a, a fourth round pick, and a sixth round pick. And they have given him the highest uh, the the, uh, the the highest receiver contract. We saw it with Devontae Adams last week. They've given him the highest contract for a receiver. Uh, four, uh, it was a uh, four years, one hundred and twenty million. He's getting a uh, thirty million a year. Uh, as we see, Devontae Adams getting twenty eight million a year. Huge, huge move for the Dolphins. They've been making big moves the last two days, getting him and Tyron Armstead. And this team right now is really, really, really putting themselves in position to be the second best team in the AFC East and potentially being the top team in the NFC East. Justin, your reaction to the trade. Yeah, um, this happened fast. It was like an hour ago. It just seemed like he was on trade deadline, trade, um, you know, block, and all of a sudden he's traded. Um, didn't really see this one coming. You know, it, it was very surprising that he ended up getting traded, um, you know, so quickly. You know, he's one of the top wide receivers in the game. He has been the last few years. It'll be interesting now without Mahomes. And we saw with Tua, you know, they didn't, they took they did a lot of um, crossing underneath stuff last year with Tua. I thought last year. So it'll be interesting because I think you know. Um, obviously Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest guys in the game, and I think the best way to use on the downfield, even though and it's one of those crossing routes too. With with his speed though, he he can um 
you know, he, he can turn into like a five, six yard gain into a 20 or 30. And it'll be interesting with that offense of Mike McDaniel too, coming back over from San Francisco. And if he's going to, if Tyreek Hill is going to be using kind of that Debo Samuel role next year, you know, something like that where he's going to be, you know, running the ball a couple of times as well. Um, you're not as much as like Debo did towards the end of the year, but like getting some sweeps and stuff like that, you know, with his speed getting out on the edge, again, it, it could be a 15, 20 yard, yard game for him. So he's one of the most explosive players in the game. And Dolphins right now, two's got no excuses right now. Without question, without question, you see what the Dolphins have done. They went out last. Uh, they went out last night. They signed Teron Armstead. Uh, now they've now they've gotten Tyreek Hill. There is absolutely no excuses for two. He's got the offensive line, and let's not forget they hired Mike McDaniel because they wanted they wanted a head coach that believed in Tua. The the reason they they fired Brian Flores is he did not believe in Tua Tagovailoa. He wanted Deshaun Watson to be the quarterback. So the big reason why they made this move was. The re- big reason why they hired Mike McDaniel was to get Tua. Was to was to have a coach that believed in Tua. So there is zero excuses for Tua Tagovailoa going forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because number two, you got Jalen Waddle, who you know this year is probably it's going to help now having Hill that he won't be double teamed. And Devontae Parker is a really good number wide number three wide receiver now. So yeah, that's a solid three wide receiver. And they got Matt um Gizek at, at at the tight end as well. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid kind of wide receiver core he's got. Um, two of Sanders kind of two. He's got two of the fastest wide receivers in the game. He absolutely does now. It'll be interesting with the deep ball with with two. We didn't see that ton last year. We saw a lot more underneath stuff. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there's absolutely no excuses for two anymore. They they really built this off at the round, and they believe, and he's got to be the one now that kind of step up and and get the team back to the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a stack. This is a loaded AFC. But he, with all these moves they've made, this team has got to be in the playoffs and contending for a Super Bowl. There's really no excuses for this team not to do it with all the moves they have made. They, 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 ha- they have to be. They, ha- they have to be doing that. And the big question is now, though, for the Dolphins is, are they the – we know they're better than the Pats because of the, the terrible offseason the Pats have had and the Jets. We know they're better than them. The big question is going to be is, are they the best team in the AFC East? And I still say no. Because I, because I think the Bills still have a really good defense. I like think their defense is better than the Dolphins. Obviously, the quarterback's better than the Dolphins. The coach is better than the Dolphins. The rosters are close, but I still think the Bills have a little bit – their roster is a little bit better. But I'm still taking the Bills in the AFC East. I still don't think the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC East uh, because of this move, because of the question mark at quarterback and the question mark at head coach. The, I take the Bills because of the coach and quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I – Again, yeah, Josh Allen, we kind of know he's proven it. Two is still, yeah, not there yet. And then, I, you know, I, I think, yeah, coaching-wise, we don't really know what we're to get yet from Mike McDaniel. But, yeah, it's something, too, where – could this, and then Miami's defense is still pretty good, but could they take a step back because they lost a guy like Von Flores, who's a defensive-minded coach? Because that defense kept them a ton of games last year. It was a huge part of how they got back to 98. Does that defense take a little bit of a step back this year? Probably, which, which could hurt her in a loaded AFC with a ton of great quarterback play. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Dolphins right now are the second-best team. I, I can't see them passing uh, Buffalo yet. Yeah, we'll, 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 see, we'll see what happens there. I don't think they are, they are better than the Bills. And here's, here's the thing. for Here's the Kent Tom Alexander. It's really Super Bowl or bust for Miami. Two is still really young, but you need one or two years before I think. I think it's at least playoffs. It's, they, this team has to get to the playoffs. Next year, next year or Tua is out. They, they, this team, I don't know about Super Bowl because the AFC is so loaded. 
but this team at least has to get to the playoffs. If this team is looking up at New England and the AFC East, Tua is gone. Yeah, no, I think you would have to be because, yeah, you know, they're definitely better than the Patriots right now. And, you know, with how low the AFC is, I don't think for the Dolphins yet that they have the roster where a realistic chance of saying we can get to the Super Bowl. I don't think that would be fair expectations right now for Tua. Yeah, you know, maybe another offseason or two, they get to the playoffs next year. Maybe they had a couple more pieces. They're right there with Buffalo. Then maybe, you know, in, in you know, 2024, 20, they're there in that season. So, yeah, I think for right now, playoffs um, is it, a big thing for the Dolphins that they have to get to the playoffs this year and then hopefully take the next step and, you know, find themselves as a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Dolphins. They haven't won a playoff game. They haven't been, they've only been to the playoffs once. In the last 13 seasons, that was the that was the year I think with JGIE and Adam and Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill. And the thing about uh, and, and and the thing is they haven't won a playoff game in over 20 years. So the Dolphins, I think they got at least make the playoffs and probably win a playoff game for Tua to to, to stay as their to, to for Tua to continue to be their quarterback. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he does. You know, they're right. It's clearly second best team in the division. Or yeah, in the division again. That, while trying to get those two wild cards, gonna be you know loaded with. Team, you know, there's be so many teams fighting for those spots. But yeah, he again, they have as much, you know, they they have a ton of talent now at wide receiver position. That yeah, they they have enough where he plays well enough. He should be able to get them to a uh, playoff. So yeah, I I I agree. If he does not make the playoffs this year with the team, Miami's probably gonna start looking and going in a different direction. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now we got to get get into how this trade affects the Kansas City Chiefs. And right now. I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks when these teams in the AFC West have made moves that they're still the best team in the AFC West because of the coach and quarterback. But the problem now with the Chiefs is their roster with this move, and they really didn't get any – they got they got a bunch of draft picks from Miami. They didn't really get any players from Miami. They, they, they are – to me, their roster is clearly worse than the Chargers. And I, as we know, Her, Herbert and uh, Herbert and Mahomes are close. I mean, I mean, they might know Mahomes is better, but Herbert is – Herbert has potential to be – as 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 good as Mahomes, I think right now I would say the Chiefs are. I I, I, would, I I definitely say they're not the favorite in the AFC. I'll give the Bills that, and then because of the week, because I know the division got a little bit stronger with the Bills, but I still think they're the best team in that division. And uh, and and in the AFC West, I'm probably going to say right now I think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West because of this move. I don't think the Chiefs are the favorite in the AFC West anymore. Yeah, it's it's because I thought I really like Juju coming in as a number two, but look what you know because he was much better as a number two wide receiver the last couple of years. Now as a one, we kind of saw what he did in Pittsburgh. It wasn't great. I know you know it sounds like Kansas City's not looking for a number two. So yeah, you ride with Juju as your number one. I, it does worry. I know with Mahomes at quarterback, he could elevate Juju, but you know who knows? Yeah, I, I think the Chargers again. It, the coach really worries me of why I want to stick with the Chiefs, but it, it's right now the Chargers have the much have the better roster. It is close, you know. But the co- the coaching really concerns me. But I, I with yeah with everything Chargers have, I think I you got to go with the Chargers right now. Probably by a game or two. Again, I just you kind of saw that. I can't see the Chiefs looking like they did the first couple weeks. I'm claiming it now. I'm a Chargers fan. Oh, Xander, Xander. claiming it right now. I'm a Chargers fan. Uh, good time to switch because because your Cowboys are, yeah. are not have a good off season. The Chargers had a much better off season. Yeah, you want to you want to root for a team where you can trust the GM. Can't do that with the Cowboys. I might put the. That's it. They made the playoffs last year. Without... They know they made the playoffs, but I with still all think the problems. Raiders. I still think the Raiders. Ha- 
but last year they clearly had a better quarterback than than the than the Bron than the than the uh, than the Broncos, and they had a better coaching situation than the Chargers. And Brendan mm-hmm. Staley made some terrible decisions in that game. So yeah. I, I I I'm still saying I'm I'm going Chargers one, KC two, uh, Broncos three, Raiders four. But all four of those teams could very easily make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. That's the crazy thing about that division. Uh, yeah, I'll probably go charge one Chiefs too. I'm going to go Raiders too. The Raiders have played well. I know the quarterback changing, but the Raiders have played well against the Broncos the last couple of years. I'll take the Raiders three in Denver four. Um, but yeah, I, I charges right now with everything they got. Staley, Staley's a big question mark. He's the one guy I think holds the scene back. You know, and I know we kind of talk about Herbert. Herbert at times can too, but I'm much more worried about Brandon Staley than, um, uh, you know, that, that more pervert right now. But, yeah, it's just this division's insane. I would not be shy to see all four of them in there. But, yeah, right now I I, I think the Chargers are just a little bit better than them. I, I could see – I'm kind of – I could definitely see the Raiders finishing ahead of the Chiefs. Um, Xander, coaching was an issue. Yeah, coaching was an issue, right? Yeah, good point. Great point by Xander. Yeah, that is. Because we were, we were all over Zach Taylor. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, let's admit, we were all – even during the season last year, we were all over Zach Taylor – it wasn't is it, it what definitely was an issue, but Zach Taylor got better. I know there were some questionable. I know I don't, I don't like the fact he didn't have Joe Mixon at the end of the game mm-hmm. at, at the end of the game in the Super Bowl, but there were a lot of questionable moves there. There was a questionable move there, but he over, but he had a really good year, so it could happen with Brandon Staley. Yeah, it could. You know, I don't know how big Zach Taylor is in the analytics and all that. I just know Staley. It's just and I you know. I know, like, these analytic guys, they don't usually change their ways. That's what I'm worried about. They don't really seem like they learned their lesson. And I may, may, maybe, maybe he did. I After the way they lost that game, and, again, you kind of blew it for your team. It was kind of on you. So, who knows? Maybe he does. Again, hopefully he does because, again, that's such a talented roster, and there's no question why that team should not be competing for the Super Bowl. As long as Justin Herbert, they have that core there. And with Justin Herbert quarterback, that the team's not competing for a Super Bowl. Is and Xander put a good question. Is Tyree Kill a top ten guy? I definitely think he's a top ten guy. Or he's arguably a, he's close to a top five guy, but I definitely say he's a top ten guy. Yeah. So for yeah, just like oh, oh, oh for just like players right now, just not a wide receiver, right? Is that what he? No, I think he means for wide receivers. Wide he's receiver. Def- he's definitely a top ten guy for a for a wide receiver. Yeah, I'd put him fifth. I'm going. Adams, Hopkins, Cup. I hit a. But I put Jamar Chase there right now. Jamar Chase is great. I don't know if I put him top five yet after one year. Um, maybe four. I but yeah, I think definitely five top ten receivers. One of the fastest guys in the game. Again, I and I know Mahomes is great, but again, that's a talented wide receiver. That usually a talent like that with the speed that he has does not come along very often. So I, I put him right there top five or again at the worst i'd probably put him like six or seven um but yeah i i i do think he's a definitely a top 10 guy he's one of the best in the game yeah yeah, absolutely absolutely it's a really real i know the dolphins gave up a lot probably too much for him but Mm. if you look at the afc i mean you look at the and now the chiefs lost the guy if you look at teams like the bills with stefan diggs and josh allen you look at teams like the Bengals with uh with uh with with jamar chase and joe burrow you look at you look at uh, teams like the Chargers with uh, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. You look at even the, the Titans. I don't have a great quarterback, but they got AJ Brown. You look at a lot of the top teams. They have that top receiver, 
and Miami in a year where they got to know if two is their guy. I think this is a move that, uh, that they really needed to make. Yeah, absolutely. I think they did. Um, I think they had to because they, yeah, it loaded AFC again. You got your yeah, nine yeah. last year. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Okay, they're nine and eight last year. You kind of, you know, you got back into it after a rough start. Again, you know, he was like the guy coming out before Burrow that year. And he was the big star. Everybody wanted to take for him. Like there, there's a there is a lot of expectations on him. And it really he hasn't really proved it yet. And now you get a guy like Tyreek Hill, as you mentioned, you know, with the Bills and Diggs, you know, Cincy and Jamar Chase kind of adding those guys. They've been the difference makers and they're trying to find that guy for Tua and they hope it's six. And it very possibly well can is, you know. Jace's comment with Tyreek Kill, he was putting up big numbers with um, Alex Smith. We can't give all the credit to Holmes, you know, and yeah, and it shows that how good Tyreek Kill was. And again, like that, just that speed, you know, you can just throw it in the vicinity. He's going to come down with it somehow. So yeah, uh, you know, he's, he's got tremendous speed and, you know, hands. Like, again, he's, he's definitely right there and he could be that difference maker for Miami, which, you know, what they're trying to find. Oh, oh no. Oh, I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Xander said, you know, there were some people that said he wasn't top fifteen. He's easily, easily oh, yeah. top, 15. easily top fifteen. So yeah, so so just a really, really good move for Miami. Miami's making moves. They're they've clearly put themselves in position to be the second best team in the division this year. Even though the coach is a quite very they they got a young coach as a question mark. On paper, they're clearly a better team than the Patriots. So I think they're the best second best team in the division. I don't think they're the best team in the division, but they're second best team in the division. But but uh, here we go. AB went on went on a pivot and said Dallas is a beautiful spot. You think? And Dallas will be good. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll 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 get to that. AB in Dallas. We will we will get to that. But we'll get to that. I mean that that's going to be interesting if that happens. If that happens, that's going to be yeah. crazy. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a very interesting one. I, again, I can't see AB getting another job the way he left Tampa Bay. I I don't know. I if I'm a you know, if I'm a GM, I don't know if I'd sign him after an incident like that. But who knows, Jerry May? Jerry, Jerry, that seems like a move Jerry would try to make though. Yes, very, like very easily could be a move that uh, that that Jerry makes, but we got to move on. And, and, and this week was another was a huge week of AFC AFC teams making moves. On uh, on Friday, there was a big move as the uh, Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, three first round picks for Deshaun Watson, and they're upgrading their quarterback room. They 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 did this to upgrade their quarterback room. Uh, D- Deshaun Watson obviously is a is a big upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he's going to be suspended for at least four games, four to six games. So, so uh, and 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 so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. But 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 on the field, this is a this is a big big move for the for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is a, this is a big move. They have one of the they have one of the top quarterbacks in, in, in the league. And here's a comment from Xander. What Watson proved is his talent on the field trumps the yeah mm. yeah. And unfortunately, yes. in the NFL, your talent on the field uh, definitely definitely trumps what happens off the field. That's the unfortunate part. That's the unfor- that, that's unfortunate, but a player, the player with that much talent is gonna is gonna is gonna get a shot is gonna uh, get a chance and and with with him being with the Browns, uh, I think the big question first is is are they the best team are they the best team in the are are are, are, are they uh, first we'll say are they Super Bowl contenders with this move and it depends on how many games he's gonna miss, but I do think as of right now, yes, they are. I think with the suspension, I'm thinking of because they're probably going to set Jacoby Brissett as they signed as their backup. Um, so, yeah, if he's suspended four to six games in that division, they could really get themselves in a hole. 
So I would say maybe next year the Super Bowl contender. Again, I don't, you know, who, you know, we don't know what their schedule is yet and, and all that. But like if it's, you know, they miss a couple of division games there and they kind of fall behind and it's like a six, seven seed. Again, I could see them going on if they could sneak in the six and seven seed. I wouldn't be sure I see them going around, you know, kind of surprise everybody. I know the Bengals were like the four seed last year, three or four seed. You know, maybe but like nobody was kind of expecting. I could see them going on a run. Nobody expects kind of you know Cleveland down there. They have the talent again. Um, which shocked me. I think it. I think it all depends on how many games Sean Watson's out for and who they play during those. You know, who they have to play against those those games. The weeks he's suspended. Um, but yeah, with Dander's comment, it, it does kind of show. It, it, you know, if your talents kind of, if you're a talented guy and you're putting up numbers and you're helping your team win. It's, it's all going to go away. It's, you know, just, that stuff's going to all go away. You know, probably not right, but it just it just will. It's just unfortunate what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, yeah, stuff like that happens. And, yeah, I think I think it's all going to depend on the schedule and what games he missed. And when the suspension comes out, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. And I'm going forward, Browns have legit aspirations. They have a dude at QB, and the players and other guys want to play with him. I, I see them bringing in wide receivers, bringing in a talented wide receiver and Watson lining up the field. And obviously that's true because you heard rumors that Beckham may come back there now that Watson's the quarterback. I think a big reason why Beckham wanted out of there was because Baker was the quarterback. And and uh, to add to that, there could be a chance where they could re-sign Jarvis Landry. So, yes, Watson is definitely going to bring guys, definitely has a very good chance to bring guys to Cleveland as – as if you went to Atlanta, I heard rumors Jarvis Landry and Leonard Fournette and Jadavion Clowney were gonna were gonna try to they were gonna try to get, the Falcons were gonna try to get those guys too. So I do def, I definitely think that Watson could bring other guys to the Browns. But the the other question is, are the Browns the best team in the AFC North because of this move? And I'm gonna say no because I think with Watson being out and knowing that the that the Brown that the Ravens and the Bengals are gonna probably be. You know, if the Ravens and Bengals are healthy, they're probably 12, 11, 12 win teams. I don't think the Browns are the best team in the AFC North, but that doesn't mean they're Super Bowl contenders because they very easily can get in the playoffs and make a run. I do think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I don't think they're the best team in the AFC North. Yeah, I don't think so either. I got the Bengals. I, yeah, I got the Ravens. I'm right there with the Bengals. I think it depends on how long the only out for. I could see the Bengals taking a little bit of a setback next year. I, you know, a little bit. I still think they're a playoff team. Um, but yeah, I, right now I think they're second. I I can't with with for what would ha- happen last year with the Ravens, all those injuries. I can't see that happening again. Harbaugh's too good of a coach, so I, I think they're going to probably finish second, depending on how many games he suspended. I did like yeah, the last question just kind of depends on how long he's out for and who they you know who they play when his you know when he's out you know you know depending on who they play when he's out. I think it all kind of depends on that. But yeah, I think the Ravens you know because the Ravens had a pretty good offseason, really upgrading that defense. So. At the moment, I, I do have the Ravens right now as the best team in the AFC North. Yeah, it'll, it'll be really, really interesting to see what see what happens in that division. I mean, the Browns they got a really good roster, re- really good, really good quarterback now. So we'll see we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. But the next question is is what's going to happen to Baker Mayfield now that Deshaun Watson is gone? He's obviously as we saw we read that message last week. Uh, he's 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 done with he's obviously done with the Browns. And really, there's two teams that come to mind. That's that's the Panthers. And that's the Seahawks with who will get uh, who will end up getting uh, uh, who will end up getting Baker Mayfield. And uh, I don't know if uh, 
both those teams will trade for him right, right away because of Baker's cap hit. His cap hit is $18 million. I don't know if teams, if, if the, the Browns or the Panthers want to take that cap hit. What could end up happening is is they, uh, what could end up happening with Baker Mayfield is the Browns could release him and then the Seahawks or Panthers could pick him up, or even the Texans who didn't want uh, Deshaun Watson in that deal could end could end up uh, could end up picking up uh, could end up picking up Baker uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. Uh, was it Mike Flores Flores that was saying like the Browns want like a first round pick for him that they're looking for a first round pick right now for Baker? Which I again I I can't see a team trading a first round pick for him. So I, you know, it would be interesting if they can find a partner for him. But yeah, you know, be, it sounds like you know if they release him because you know Houston, because are they really that confident right now? Davis Mills, I know he kind of played well. They didn't have much around him, like he kind of did what he could. I know there were some highs and there was some lows for him, but you know, I don't, I don't know what they think of him. Yeah, Seattle too. With Drew, I think we've seen enough of Drew Locke where he's just not the guy we all kind of thought he could be out of college and. Carolina, Carolina just has not figured that out either in a while. Um, so yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting if they kind of release them. We're gonna go again. I just, I kind of worry because it's like the Browns, for how bad and worse the Browns have been, they did try to get some talent around them, and it just didn't really work out. Maybe a new, maybe a different environment, different team will help him in that kind of sense of just kind of starting over. But you know, like, is he really gonna go kind of upgrade somebody? You know, if they have some talent, because he he really couldn't. In, in uh, Cleveland, he kind of saw Jarvis Landry and Odell wanted out of there. Now they kind of both said, "Well, because he's gone, he's not the quarterback anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll come back." And it, he kind of shows that, you know, just again, did not really lived up to the first overall pick. No, and and, and this and I, I kind of had a feeling that Baker wasn't. I thought he was, he was very immature, and I think this immature and his immaturity really showed in Cleveland. And I think that now he's going to have to fight for a starting job in either Carolina, or or Seattle or Houston. Yeah, he's gonna have to, you know, the, the immaturity. I remember, I remember he went to Ohio State and he planted that flag there. And oh, again, he, I knew, just, I knew when he planted the flag, this yeah. guy was trouble. There's no way I'm taking that guy as my franchise quarterback when he planted the flag. And then he grabbed his junk in a game against Kansas. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way. No, I'll admit I was wrong about Sam Darnold, but I was 100% right about Baker Mayfield. There's no way I wanted that guy as my franchise quarterback. And he's he definitely proved he definitely proved why you don't want him as your franchise quarterback when he was with the Browns. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't mind a little cockiness, but that that he he took it to a whole different level. That that did not help him at all. But yeah, it, again, it, he got kind of overblown with all that, and just it, yeah, he just never really kind of got over it all that. And yeah, it's just it's been a problem. And yeah, he's gonna have to go fight for a job now. And you know, we'll see again. I don't. It you know we'll we'll see again. He could probably win any of those three jobs right now. You know, Carolina. What do they do? You know, PJ Walker right now is their guy. Houston, Davis Mills, um, Sanders, Con Baker should take the Trubisky Trubisky approach. Take a year backing up a real pro quarterback, and then boom, get a second chance. Yeah, but the problem you know, he's not he's not going to get that chance. He doesn't have he's not going to be backing up if he's a backup. He's not probably not going to be backing up a good quarterback. He's going to be backing yeah. you're going to be backing up Drew Locke, uh, Sam Darnold, nice. or a Davis Mills. Yeah. That's who he's going to be backing up. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Pretty Carolina still got um, Darnold, but yeah. Um, Probably, yeah, and I think you know because I, I think you know he probably will be, and I think it would be good for Baker to probably go sit behind a veteran quarterback and kind of just learn and try to get some maturity from an older quarterback that's been in the league and get all that. I think it would be a great thing for him. But yeah, I, if he goes any of those, it's not 
yeah, he's not doing that. I think he would probably start at either spot right now. Maybe not at Carolina. Maybe he, you know, he had probably really won the job at Carolina with Darnold. But yeah, the other two he should probably start at. Um, he said, uh, Sanders says Tampa should take a flyer on him having him learn under Brady. I, I don't yeah. think Tampa wants that guy in their locker room. I re- I really don't. I don't think Tampa wants that and wants that in their locker room. I mean, yeah, it would be nice for him to learn under Brady, but yeah. I don't think Brady will want him in the locker room. I'm just no. living fancy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, you probably are if you think Brady's going to want uh, want Baker, Baker in the locker room. Yeah. And I don't know if him and Arians would mess, though. I, I don't know. If something, you know, they, you know, it would be an interesting duo there. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see that one really happening. But I, I think it would be great for him. It, if it was possible, I think it'd be a great experience for him, and I think it'd be good. Tampa, I don't, I don't know if they really think Kyle Travis is their um, franchise guy at the moment. I don't know. They're after Brady, obviously. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so yeah, Browns upgrading at quarterback getting Deshaun Baker. It looks like he's he's going to be going to Seattle, Houston, or Carolina. So we'll see where Baker ends up going in in in, in the next couple in the, in, the, in the next couple weeks. And here's another one: Brady could could change. And Antonio Brown, why Baker is <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baker th- already thought he could change Antonio Brown. Why can't why can't Baker? <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's there's no way Baker. Let's stop. Let's, there's no way that that Baker is yeah. going to uh, that Baker that Baker is going to Tampa. There's no way there. But there was another team that was in the running for Deshaun Watson. That was the Atlanta Falcons. They missed out. And then pretty much the fact they got so close to Deshaun, they pretty much had to end and they had to, they had to cut ties with Matt Ryan, who was who did a great job. It was a, for 14 years was their franchise quarterback, but they had to cut ties with him. And then they trade him to the Indianapolis Colts for a third round pick. I would have wanted more, but I think they would they did right by him, trading him to the Colts. And uh, for the Colts, I think this is an upgrade at quarterback. I think this is a this is an upgrade. Uh, now he's with Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. The issue here for the Colts is. They need to get a number two receiver. Their offensive line is not as good. Anthony Cassanzo retired last year. Uh, they really don't have a left tackle right now. Uh, Mark Lewinsky is now now went to the Giants. Their offensive line is not as good, and their defense is good but not great. Everybody likes this route. I, I I don't like this roster as much as, as a lot of people do, but the big question is going to be: Is are the Colts Super Bowl contenders with Matt Ryan? I think they can get to the playoffs. I wouldn't say Super Bowl contenders because of of, of uh, because of them not having a number two receiver and they and their offensive line has continued to get worse. Yeah, it has. I I don't have them there either. I think they're right there. I know we'll talk about the division. I think they're right there. Um, but yeah, you know he's got a great running back, Jonathan Taylor. But yeah, I, I know with the Darius Leonard, I think they're trying to recruit uh, Julio Jones to Indianapolis, but. Yeah, that's, he just has never stayed healthy. So that's like, the problem. He would be yeah. a good two, but you saw last year in Tennessee, he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, he can't. So I, I don't know if I really take a big swing on Julio Jones at the at this point right now. So yeah, I think that's a tough thing. But again, he's got a good defense. The offensive line, yeah, certainly kind of wear down. Hasn't been as good. You know, defense so solid. But again, he won seven games last year with that Atlanta team, and he lost Calvin Ridley. What, like you know, early November. Oh, no, oh, this is definitely an upgrade. I mean, without oh, Matt yeah. Ryan, the Atlanta Falcons would have been a three-four win team last year. He he had three game-winning drives last year. I know, I know personally. He did he did he, he had one against the Giants. He had one against the Dolphins, and he had one against the Saints. They don't win those three games without Matt Ryan. No, absolutely not. You know, so yeah, I, you know, so it's definitely an upgrade. Again, I think this 
Colts team could get the nine, 10 wins with them. I think it's, you know, two to three game upgrade, depending on what else happens this off season in the draft. But yeah, it's a totally an upgrade, but yeah, I don't think they're a player. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. I just think at his age too, and there's just so many more explosive offenses in the AFC. And I think their defense is good, but I don't think it's good enough to like, you know, keep like a Kansas, you know, like a Buffalo, like under like, you know, 24, 28, like, you know, like, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with them with, with a team like that at, at this point with Matt Ryan and kind of the weapons they have outside, you know, outside of their, you know, um, or yeah, just like, you know, outside of like a Jonathan Taylor running back. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, I think it's a, it's a good team. It's a team that's going to get the playoffs. It's probably going to save Frank Wright and uh, Chris Ballard jobs for another year, but I just don't think, and Ryan, Ryan at 37, he's still good. He's still the best. I think he's the best quarterback in that division. But I just don't think, with how loaded the AFC is, that this team can compete for a Super Bowl with the roster they have. And Ryan's not. Ryan is top. Is not. Is top. Is top 15, not top 10. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's right there. Um, yeah, they get top 10, top 15, somewhere right around there. I mean, yeah, top, top 15. But yeah, you know, again, I, I don't kind of he's older now and all that you know if it was five six years ago i would have you know he had a great year you know winning the mvp they got to the super bowl that year yeah he's not the same guy and yeah and like that again that i could see them win division next year but yeah because it's not really again you got who knows what houston's gonna do jacksonville's again promising in lawrence but you know it's still jacksonville and then yeah ryan or ryan Tannehill on tennessee you just again it's not you kind of know you're going to get out of Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah, I think Matt Ryan can be the best quarterback in the division. And, again, usually in a lot of cases, that means, you, you know, you you, gotta, you have a great shot to win that, that division. I think they, they clearly do. You know, Tennessee, again, winning 12 games, all the injuries and COVID issues they had was still very impressive and just shows how good of a coach Mike Rabel is. But, yeah, you know, with the with the um, with Matt Ryan um, – with the – yeah, with – the Colts, I know, kind of wide receiver wise, they're hoping, you know, hopefully they got Paris Campbell this year, could say healthy for him because, you know, he's a second round pick at Ohio State and he seems like a really talented guy. Like, I think, you know, for the Colts, you know, if they could find that like number two guy, they can get, you know, like 11, you know, right around 11 wins. And I think that could maybe be enough. It's going to be right there with the Titans. I think Titans are probably right around 11, 12 win team as well. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the big, the next question. Yeah. I mean, the next question is, is are they the best team in the AFC South? I think it's close, but I would take the Titans roster. I take the Titans coach. I wouldn't take the quarterback, but I take the Titans coach in their roster. I still think the Titans are a better team than the Colts. Yeah. Cause of variable. I, I have to kind of go with the Titans. I think they're neck and neck. I think, you know, I'm just, I just go back to last year and just how impressed that, Titans were with everything that happened to them. They still won 12 games. I know it didn't end well for them in the playoff. But, yeah, I just – the coaching job Vrabel did. I think right now I still got to take Tennessee again. I think probably by, like, a game. I think it's a division very well could go down to week 18. Uh, you know, maybe they face each other in week 18. It, it, for the division, it would not surprise me. I think they're really neck and neck. Both teams, I think, right around, you know, 12 to 12, 10 to 12 wins. But yeah, I think the Titans – yeah, Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Tannehill. But yeah, I, I, the rest of the roster with Tennessee around it, I right now, I, I in the coaching, I, I got to go with the Titans. Yeah, it, 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 it's close, but I would definitely go with the Titans in the AFC South. 
now that the Falcons have gotten rid, they have now traded Matt Ryan. The big question is going to be for them is, is what do they do in the draft? Do they draft the next guy? Do they draft them a Malik Wills, a Kenny Pickett, a Matt Corral, or do they wait to, to 2023 where you're going to have CJ Stroud and Bryce Young? Do you, do, do you wait? Cause you've signed Marcus Mariota and this roster with Marcus Mariota is probably a, a three, four win team at best. So there's a good chance the Falcons are going to be in contention for that number one or number two pick. The big question is, do you, do you, do you wait? Do you scrap? Do you, do you try to get the best player available at number eight? Like a Garrett, like Mel Kuyper yesterday had them getting Garrett Wilson number eight. Do you take the best player available that could help, that could, you know, help your roster or do you take your quarterback of the future? I feel like in this case, you try to improve your roster because the quarterback class, usually I'm all for taking a quarterback, but this quarterback class is, is one of the worst in years. So I would probably try to improve the roster first and then and, and go like, you know, three and 14 and then take a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud the next year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think unless a Malik, because Malik Willis had a great, you know, pro day and combine, but I don't see, I can't see him being there at number eight anymore. So I'd probably go next. I, I, I'm with you because I think, yeah, they're probably going to be a 3 4 one team. They're going to be right there for number one pick. So, yeah, I think, you know, you're. I, I would hold on until next year because Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud look like the real deal. And then maybe, you know, then you still got like a guy like Spencer Rattler who knows maybe he kind of fixes it. Like, you know, I think next year's drive class would be very loaded at that water, or at the quarterback spot. So, yeah, I'd hold on. I'd, you know, try to just better your roster this year and just, you know, yeah, just, just wait. I think it's better. Um, just to hold on to next year. I think you you have a much much better shot of of um of a, you have a much better shot of having the odds of a, getting a, getting your franchise quarterback you know for the next decade or so. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, w- I would go. I te- it's, it's tough for Arthur Smith because he's pretty much he's got to coach a team that's that has pretty much no chance to do anything. But I think the plan there is is uh, is to you know win as many games they can with Mariota, which are not going to win many, and then probably get get a top pick and then take a quarterback next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's probably the smart way to go right now with yeah, with everything they got. You still got Brady in that division. The Saints, you know, are, are still going to kind of hang around, fight for a wild card. So, yeah, I, you know, there's not much hope for them this year. So, yeah, I kind of – I'd hold on and just, you know, it's a tough spot for Arthur Smith, but I, I just – I'd hold on, hold on and wait to next year to draft a guy. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. So we'll wrap up talking about another move in the uh, AFC West, and that's Devontae Adams, who got traded from the Packers to the Raiders. And this is a big move for the Raiders, obviously with the Henry with releasing Henry Ruggs last year. Uh, uh, releasing Henry Ruggs last year, they needed a receiver. They got one in Devontae Adams. They, just like the Dolphins, they gave up a lot to get Devontae Adams. But I, I really think that the Raiders are going are to be a uh, are going to be a top are going to be a, definitely a, a team that, that can compete for the AFC West and and could compete for the Super Bowl getting Devontae Adams. And uh, I think with, with getting Max Crosby, now you got Chandler Jones in free agency. This is, this is a solid football team. And uh, the big question is, to, 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 to start off, are the, Ra- are, are the Raiders the best team in the AFC West? Obviously, I've said the last three weeks, uh, that, that the last couple of weeks that the Chiefs are. Today, the big question is, is, are they the best team in the AFC West? And I think we answered it before the show. Right before to open the show about Tyree Kill, I think that the Chargers are the best team in the AFC West, so I will say no. But it's still a big, big pickup for the Raiders. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have them third right now. This is, I think, Chargers, Chargers, Chiefs, and the Raiders. But yeah, absolutely, it's a huge one. Again, they 
you know, Derek Carr and DeMonte Adams played together at Fresno State, so they have that connection already. I think they were a top 25 team for a few weeks. You know, back then, like, again, I think they I think they won the title that year, you know, their final year there together. So, you know, um, and I know they've always kind of talked about teaming up again. So, yeah, with the Raiders, I think it's a great move for them. Again, I, I think Devontae has the best football or wide receiver football. You had that Derek Carr. Um, who, again, I think you get enough around him. You get a decent offensive line around him. He could be a top – I think he'd be right there, top 10 quarterback. So, I, I think it's a great move for the Raiders. It's a loaded division. Yet they had to do something. They had to add some more – Explosiveness to this explosiveness to this offense, and they did that with Devontae Adams. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think that uh, I think this Raider offense is going to be really, really good. What I question about this team is the offensive line. I mean, Josh Jacobs didn't have his best year last year, and the and the defense is good, but it's but it's not great. And uh, here's comes a playoff team last year who gets coaching stability, also adding arguably the best wide receiver in the game. This team. This team, uh, no, 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 no. It has to be the, come on, come on, come on, come on. They got, they probably have the worst, I mean, Derek Carr is really good. He's the worst quarterback. They have the worst quarterback and roster in the division. I don't, how, 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 how could they, how, how do they have to be the favorite? They got the worst quarterback and roster in that division. How are they the favorite? I think they very easily can be a playoff team. Uh, we'll, we'll get to them being a Super Bowl contender in a minute, but I think they very easily can be a playoff team, but favorite in the AFC West? Come on now. I don't have them there either. I think, you know, I think with how good this division two is, their secondary still needs a lot of work too. And I, I think I could see them getting a lot of yards given up. I think they're very talented. Again, with everything they went through last year, I think they're the third best team. I can't, you know, Denver's water, you know, very young there. So it's a lot of like the wide receiver position, the running back position. And I, I still can't see the Chiefs taking, I know they lost Hill, but I don't, I don't, you know, again, I think Mahomes, they could elevate like a, Juju Smith-Schuster. Who knows who they get as a number two wide receiver right now? But yeah, like I, I think the Raiders still need some more. Again, their front seven or their you know front four. Again, I, they put the most pressure on. So in the league last year, so I think it, it gives them more maybe of a leeway next year of kind of dropping back more guys and just kind of. But but they, even though that's the problem, that even though I think that was a the problem they ran into though last year is, um. It's those front four got so tired though, so I think they do have to add some guys at linebacker and all that. So I think like in the back end there, I do think the Raiders still need some help. Is the AFC West now the best football? Or is no? Nah, I got to go with the oh, AFC oh, West. Oh, it's it's easily easily the AFC West. Now the fact that the Broncos traded Russell Wilson, the AFC West is much much better than the NFC West. And you've seen what the Cardinals have done in free agency. They 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 lost Chandler Jones. They haven't replaced him. They've lost Jordan Hicks. They haven't replaced him. They lost Christian Kirk. Well, I'm not a huge the huge fan of, but they they've lost Christian Kirk. Kirk. They haven't replaced them. The, the AFC West is much better than the NFC West, and 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 I, and the and another division that's better than the NFC West is the AFC North. That that division's better than the NFC West. So the NFC West is definitely not. They're the third best division in the NFL right now. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to go third because I I think yeah because I think at this point right now. You could say all four teams in the AFC North and, and West have a chance to make the playoffs. Again, because I still think with the Steelers defense, they have a chance to somehow sneak in there. Mike Tomlin just, again, is such a phenomenal coach. I mean, I think, and then this, it, year, I think this year there's an exception to that. With how, with how, with how, uh, with how great, the, with how great the, the division is with those three quarterbacks and, and with, with, with them going Mitch Trubisky, I think this will be the first year the Steelers have a losing season since 2003. Yeah, I could see it very well happening. There's not a lot of talent, especially a quarterback. I know that defense is still really phenomenal. But, yeah, like Seattle, like I, I, even though I'm still shocked Pete Carroll is here because I don't think he would want to go through another rebuild. But, 
Seattle's kind of, I think, kind of going in that direction. They don't really go for Baker. Like, their defense needs a lot of work. So, yeah, like, I don't see the Seattle right now being, like, a real playoff team. You kind of saw they struggled without Russell Wilson. Then, yeah, I think Arizona's going to take a step back, and you kind of know how I feel about the coach there, like, what's going to happen there, you know. Um, with the pieces they lost, I think they take a step back. So, I think, yeah, the, the AFC West and AFC North right now are, are better than the NFC West. Oh, oh, without without question, absolutely. The NFC West definitely got worse. The AFC West and AFC North got much stronger with the moves that have been made in the off season. But to talk about another division and and, that, and talk about to talk about the Packers and how the Devontae Adams trade affects the Packers. Right now, where would you have the Packers in the NFC? I have them behind, definitely behind the Rams, definitely behind the Bucks. I got them behind the Niners because the Niners own them. I don't care who the quarterback is, if it's Jimmy G or Trey Lance. The Niners just flat out own the Packers. So, and so I got them fourth in the conference right now. Yeah, actually, because I, I the Niners, they have owned them. I had them third right there with the Niners. But, yeah, I kind of – I have Tampa number one. Again, I so Brady, like, decides to step back. I, I can't get bet against them right now. The Rams are right there, but it's tough to get the back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if they kind of resign Odell and all that. And then, you know, with the Packers right now, they're number one right to use Alan Lazard at the moment. They got to get a lot better there. And the Niners have owned them, so I, I could very well see them being like fourth. But again, and that's the, like in their division, the Packers. I could see them again, as we just mentioned. The NFC West is still pretty strong, you know, out, outside of, of the Niners with Arizona still, um, and the Rams. So I, I could see you know Green Bay kind of stealing a couple games with how bad their division is. So I could see them finishing just ahead of the Niners. But yeah, I, I think right now they're third. Uh, I again, I you know, I know. It, they they have to in the first round pick a wide receiver this time. I, I would hope, but again, that you know, you, you just never really know what they're gonna do because they're not they just they don't have much right now. And I know Roger's such a great quarterback, but Alan Lazar is your number one, it's not the greatest combination in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh are they are the Packers still the best team in the AFC North? And I mean I mean the NFC North. Are they are they the best team in the NFC North? I think they are, but it's getting closer between them and the Vikings. So the Vikings in the offseason. They signed uh, Jordan Hicks, and yesterday they signed Zedarius Smith. So I think the Vikings and the Packers, it's close. I think the, Vic- the Packers are still the better team, but it's its gotten closer between them and the Vikings. Yeah, it has. They, they definitely closed, closed that gap a little bit. And, um, you know, with, with the explosive Minnesota's got an offense, they, they're going to be right there um, with Cook, Jefferson. Thielen's going to be, you know, Thielen as well. So, yeah, they're closing the gap. I, I think they're still a little bit better than them. Um, and I think with Rodgers still, I think they're good enough to get over the hump of their Rodgers and, and having Rodgers, you know, you know, instead of Kirk Cousins, I think could very well be the difference. You know, the Packers losing Smith and going right to Minnesota kind of hurts. But, yeah, I think the Packers right now are still the best team in the NFC North. Yeah, I, I do. I, I absolutely think they are the best team in the conference. It's going to be hard for them to get to a Super Bowl, but I do think they're the best team in the conference. So we got the Sweet 16 coming up tomorrow and the Elite Eight coming up this weekend. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Come on out for a day of fun to the Cove Kids Classic presented by Clarity. Friday, May 6, 2022 at Lyman Orchards Golf Club to benefit the Cove Center for Grieving Children. Partnership opportunities are available. All proceeds from the Cove Kids Classic support the Cove's free programs. 
please consider partnering with us to continue to support grieving children and teens in 2022 and beyond. For more information or questions, call Allison Gamber at 203-634-0500 or email allison at covect.org. The Cove Kids Classic takes place Friday, May 6th at Lyman Orchards Golf Club. Registration begins at 8 a.m. Shotgun start at 9 a.m. on the player course. All righty, we have the Sweet 16 starting tomorrow, and uh, we'll start in the West region where that this is a really, really interesting region with Gonzaga and Duke. We obviously, obviously a, lot, a lot of people are looking forward to that Gonzaga-Duke matchup in, in the Elite Eight, but we'll, we'll start previewing the Sweet 16 in the West region. And we'll start with the first game tomorrow night between Gonzaga and uh, Arkansas. And I think Gonzaga wins this game. I know I know Memphis gave Gonzaga trouble, but I do think Gonzaga wins this game. And I, th- I think they win it. I think they win it by double digits. I think Arkansas is too reliant on JT Note. And the thing for me with Arkansas was they were not that impressive against a uh, against. Not. To me, they were not that impressive against Vermont or uh, uh, New Mexico State, even though they, they contain New Mexico State a lot better than you. They contain Teddy Allen a lot better than you can contain Teddy Allen. I still think that, uh, that that Gonzaga wins this game by double digits. But the question is, Justin, can J.D. Note get Arkansas to the Elite Eight for the second year in a row? Second year in a row? Yeah, they got a big uphill battle. Again, defensively, they played well. But, yeah, the offense right now is really struggling. I think one thing that – you know, Arkansas didn't kind of be able to use Jalen Williams, his threat, too, of kind of uh, – um, you kind of got to respect his three-point shooting ability. So that's going to take, you know, Chet Holgram away from the hoop, you know, to go out and guard him, him or Timmy. So, they, you know, J.D. Note taking into the basket, too, if he can knock down some threes, again, get other guys kind of going early, like a, um, a, a Tony, you know, other guys kind of around him. I think, you know, Arkansas has got a chance. Gonzaga's gone off to a couple really bad starts, and Drew Timmy's kind of saved him. He's played really well. But yeah, thinking off to a fast start, getting an early lead, um, put some pressure on Gonzaga. They guys played really well in the second half, but I think this is a very arc, very talented Arkansas team. I do think Gonzaga gets the better of them, um, but I, I think Arkansas can give them a run. Uh, but the way Jalen Williams is playing as well and JT Note, they they I think they do give them a battle. Yeah, but you do think Gonzaga wins though. Yeah, yeah, I guess Gonzaga yeah. in the end. So, so. So uh, we got the second game in this region in San Francisco tomorrow night, and that is Duke and Texas Tech. And I think this is a close competitive game. I think Texas Tech is going to give Duke some some trouble. Is going to do a good gives Duke some trouble because their defense is really good. But at the end of the day, I think it's all going to come down to Paulo Bencaro, and I think Duke is going to score more than Texas Tech. And in a really, really, really close competitive game, I got the matchup everyone wants. I got Duke in Gonzaga Saturday night in the Elite Eight. But, Justin, is this going to be Coach K's last game? I've been going back and forth on this one. Um, I Right now, the problem with me is, if, is are we going to get the Duke team that played the final five minutes offensively last week and just suffocated Michigan State? Or are we going to get the team that played for the first 35 minutes and did not get back on defense and really did not care about playing defense? What team's going to show up tomorrow night? If it's a final team, if the team that showed up in the final five minutes, I think they win that game, or I think they will win tomorrow night. And I think that team does show up. I got Duke, even though I, I really do like the Sex Tech team. And again, it's a lineup that's got five seniors that all kind of they're you know their average age is twenty two years old. The Duke's lineup that they're all nineteen years old. 
you know, Texas Tech's going to pressure you, you know, defend, they, they're going to make, you know, they're going to make you work offensively. And I, I think it's one of those games too. If Duke can get Texas Tech to play up tempo and kind of make them play Duke style, I think Duke's got a really good shot too. But if, Duke, if Texas Tech can slow it down, play in the 60s, I think Tech has got a really, you know, they, they got a great shot to win this game. You know, Duke's big problem too has been the point guard play. But Bancaro, he, he was great kind of handling the ball last week. Again, they kind of took that mismatch. And Mark Williams had to dunk every time, um, every time, you know, Bancaro drove. So I don't need it to be that easy this time to get buckets like they did on Sunday. Um, but I, I think Duke is just a little bit more talented. Again, Texas Tech, I like their guards or seniors. I do really like that. But I just – I don't know if they could score score enough. I I have to imagine that team, that Duke team that ended the game Sunday is going to show up on, on tomorrow night. And and they got to have Bencaro, I think. I think handling the ball because he could penetrate, get to the basket, and he can open up things for for Roach, for Roach, for Griffin, for 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 more. He can open things up for those guys. So I do definitely think I definitely think they need uh, Bencaro, you know, bringing the ball up. I think that's where Duke is best on offense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're starting to figure that out too. I, I think you know over the weekend, last few weeks, he's kind of playing more and more of that. And I think he, uh, yeah, and I think he's starting to kind of learn two of like you know kind of what kind of you know what his limitations are when he's got the ball as well because yeah i think he's been a, he's been a really good distributor um he hasn't been taking as many threes either i feel like the last couple of games as well um he's a good three points but he's not great but yeah you know like you got a guy like aj griffin that's been pretty good all year you know roach i know has been up and down um but yeah i i, I think you know bank here has been playing really really well and again you know he, he's he's a guy that's right there that could be a the top pick in the nba draft this year Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, th- yeah, this is going to be a really, really competitive game between these two teams. You're going to know very early who's go- who's going to have the advantage. If it's a low-scoring game early, you know it's going to be Tech. If it's a high-scoring game, you know it's going to be Duke. Yeah, absolutely, you do. You know, both teams, yeah, it's a complete contrast contrast of styles. And, yeah, you know, uh, Mark Adams done a pretty good job this year. Again, he's got a really tough test in front of him. Texas Tech's been, you know, challenged in, in the Big 12, but – this year, but yeah, yeah, you got a Duke team that's got a lot of firepower, and it'll be interesting how they do against them. So now that we got the matchup everyone wants, Gonzaga and Duke in the Elite Eight, who do you got advanced to the Final Four, Gonzaga or Duke? I'm going Gonzaga because I think they're the more experienced team, and I think they got a little bit more. Ta- I mean, Duke's very talented, but I think they have a little. But right now, they're the more experienced team, and. And I think they're a little bit more talented than Duke. So I am going to go Gonzaga, just like in my bracket, to go to the Final Four. Yeah, I got Gonzaga, too, if they, they meet, meet again. Um, I, I think, you know, I know they played back in November. I know Duke got the better of them. But I believe going back to the game, too, you know, Gonzaga was in some foul trouble. Their big guys were, um, yeah, like Timmy had four fouls. You know, Pogram had some trouble. He had three fouls in that game as well. Like, Duke did a really good job getting them, them foul trouble. They kind of got the lead there. Um, Gonzaga kind of climbed back, kind of climbed back in it. But like, yeah, I, um, I, you know, like I think these two teams are so evenly matched. I, I think you know Gonzaga gets them this time around. Should be another great game. I, you know, I just, it's gonna be another great game. But yeah, I think Gonzaga just a little bit better with them. And yeah, with the seniors of like Timmy, you know, I'll take that over any day of the week of you know a five five freshman lineup. Or I get uh, Mark Williams is a freshman, but you know, four. It's a sophomore, right? Yeah. Sophomore junior. I, I don't deal with the COVID years. Like, you know. Yeah, it gets everything confused. Yeah, it confuses yeah. everyone, those COVID years. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's Gonzaga, the more experienced team. I think that's why we both got them going to the Final Four. 
So in the South region, this is a pretty interesting region in San Antonio. Is you got Houston, Arizona, uh, Michigan, and uh, Villanova. And we'll start with the game tomorrow night between Michigan and Villanova. And I think this should be a really, really competitive game. But for some reason, Jawan Howard is really, really good in the tournament. You know, he won. I mean, he upset Tennessee, beat Colorado State. Jawan Howard is a really good coach in the tournament. And I think this is continues because I think the play of Hunter Dickinson is going to be the difference in this game. I think he's going to have a big game because there's you saw what Sanago did to UConn in the game at uh at, at, at the XL Center. And and Hunter Dickinson is a better player than Sanago, clearly a better player. Mm. I think he makes the difference, and I think he gets Michigan to. The, I know I'm going against Jay Wright. This is risky, yeah. but I think he gets Michigan to the Elite Eight for the second year in a row. But Justin. Can can Nova can Nova contain Hunter Dickinson and and continue their run to another Final Four? I think they can. Um, I got I got Nova. I think it's a close one now. I do agree. I think you know Hunter Dickinson Dickinson could have a really good game against the size there because Michigan. But Michigan's a good three point shooting team. They're shooting it right around forty percent on the year. So I don't think it. You know, again, I think they probably try to pack it in early on them. And if Michigan's hitting shots, I think that it's going to open things up for Hunter Dickinson down low. If not, then they're probably going to, you know, double him every time they, you know, they're they're going to put that second guy on him and kind of, you know, sag off somebody out there on the floor. So it'll be interesting. But the thing is for me is on the offensive side of the ball is we know what Nova's going to do. Jay Wright always finds your weakness, and he's going to expose that, you know, on defense. And I, I think it's Hunter Dickinson's not a very good perimeter defender. I think he's going to – Michigan's probably – I would, you know, I, if they switch on screens, I think they're in trouble because they're probably going to try to get Kyle Gillespie to get him one-on-one, you know, more, you know, Caleb Daniels, you know, guys like that. I think they're going to try to, you know, get that matchup one-on-one, you know, try to get like a guard on Eric Dickinson down low. You know, I think they're going to do stuff like that. And, again, Michigan, I get that – they were the top three, top five to begin the year. That they have as ta- much talent as anybody. It would not shock to see them win this game. But Callum Gillespie, best point guard in college basketball. The seniors they got. I know they don't have much depth, but I can't. I can't pick against Jay Wright Nova. Um, you told me this five, six years ago. I would totally bet against Villanova. But last couple of years, you can't bet against Jay, Jay Wright in the tournament. It's very tough too. But I just, I, I really like the play of Hunter Dickinson. And I feel like I got to pick an upset, and this is the upset. Yeah, I I, I, I think it happened. I had Villanova losing in the Sweet 16 to Tennessee, so that's why that's why that's why I'm taking this upset. Second game in San Antonio on uh, on t- t- tomorrow night is uh Houston and uh, and Arizona, and I think this is the game where Sasser being out is going to end up c- c- uh, coming back is going to is where it's going to catch up to Houston. I think Sasser being out is going to hurt. I don't have yes, I don't have confidence in Josh Carlton making a difference in this game. So I got Arizona, and I got Arizona winning it by uh, double digits. I got the Wildcats advancing to the sweep to the Elite Eight. But Justin, can Houston continue their run without Sasser? I think they can. I have Arizona winning, but I think it's very, very. I did not like the way Tommy Lloyd ended that game Sunday night. Um, they went up seven eight points. They kind of panicked at the end there. Um, first year coaching it, Calvin Sampson. I think. Top three, you know, in-game coach right now in college basketball. He's, you know, right there. He's, you know, one of the best. Josh Carlton, you know he's top five this year in offensive rebounding this year, Josh Carlton? Josh Carlton, wow. An he was first oh, yeah. team All-American. And that's first team. the first team. Oh, no. Yeah, no, American. American. Yeah, no, yeah, American. Yeah, American. American. I mean, American conference. Let's, conference. Let's, let's, let's specify there. A big difference being first team All-American than first yeah. team American conference. 
conference, okay? But yeah, I mean, then that's big in college basketball. What, 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 what do you expect? He's playing in probably the seventh best conference in college basketball, uh, and he's a and he's a and he's a senior and he's a fifth year senior. So what do you expect? Yeah. Well, again, it's coach. Actually, when you watch, watch, watch where he's actually his positioning wise. He's not yes, fifty yes. feet away from the basket. He's like, right. He's right there. Yes, and it, that's where he should be. So you think there's a coaching years. difference there? Oh, completely. Oh, absolutely. Watch him. Watch him. Watch position wise. He's been great. It, again, it's Calvin Sands is one of the best. If he can turn John Carlton and we did this year, that's he's phenomenal. Um, but going back to the game. I don't. I I think Houston's gonna give them all they have. I I didn't like their way Arizona closed it out the other night. You know, Kirk Carissa did not play well. I know he's still bad in the injury again, and he's a guy too. He didn't really lose his composure Sunday night, but he's a guy at times this year where it's not going right for him, and he's totally lost and it's hurt them at times. But I, I think they find a way just because I don't know if Houston's gonna be able to keep up with them. But I think Houston's right there. I, I think Calvin. It keeps his team in it. They thought they did a really good job on Kofi Coburn, um, but Brad Underwood in the second round, I he's not a very good coach for whatever reason. He can't figure it out. But um, I, I got Houston. Would love to pick Houston, but I think Arizona's a little bit better. Would not shock to see Arizona go down on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a good game between those two teams. But we got the Elite Eight, and, and, and it's a different one. We ha- I have Arizona against Michigan. You have Arizona against Villanova. I got the Wildcats heading the Final Four because I got them winning it all, and I think Bennett, I think Benedict uh, Matherin is the best player in this region. That's why I got the Wildcats going to the Final Four. Arizona or Villa, Arizona or Villanova. Who do you got? I want to go Nova, but I, Arizona just got too much size for him. I, I think Arizona finds a way to knock off Nova. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a good close game, but I, I, I got to go with you. I got to go with the Wildcats. Nice, 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 nice. So should be interesting what happens in the South region. We got to move over to the East region. You know we're starting with the East region. We're starting with those St. Peter's Peacocks who are going to be playing right. They're going to be heading right down the turnpike, uh, and they're playing in Philadelphia against Purdue. And I think it'll be a competitive game for a half. But I think the cream rises to the eventually the cream rises to the top, and I think Purdue wins. I think Purdue is as some of them as I know people question Matt Painter as a, as a mm. tournament coach, but I think they are a very talented team with Jaden Ivory and Zach Eady and, uh, and Tavion Williams. So I think that Purdue advances here and wins this game by double digits over St. Peter's. Yeah. I would love to see St. Peter's win another one. Um, but I just think Purdue's got way too much size for him. And the problem too with St. Peter's is they're not a great shooting team. They got to get to the bucket and it's going to be very tough against Zach Eady and Trevion Williams to be able to, Get to the basket and those two guys. Again, offensive with the way St. Peter's plays offense, they're gonna make you they're make you guard you for 30 seconds. And Purdue's not great though, perimeter-wise defensively. They have their issues, especially if they could get like a Zach Eady or Trevon Williams to kind of you know have to come guard out in the perimeter, gives them a better chance. I just see that being too hard. Again, maybe it works for half, but yeah, I just think the size at some at one point, probably in say half, it's just gonna be too much overwhelm for the Peacocks. Um, everything's set up for Purdue to get Matt Payne to finally get to his final four this year. This is the year for him. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, the tournament success either. He's not had much of it, but um, he should be one game closer to that final four that he's been reaching. I do have Purdue winning. Um, but what a good story for St. Peter's and again, Holloway. They, I have to imagine the next Seton Hall coach when this is all said and done. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty with Kevin Willard taking the Maryland job. 
I think it's pretty yeah. safe to say uh, this will be the so this Shaheen Holloway will be the coach. He'll be coaching his alma mater next season. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually the last time uh, a New Jersey team's made the the um, Sweet 16 was seen all back 2000 and, and Holloway's the point guard. And guess who they lost to? Who they lose? I, uh, Michigan State. Then that Michigan team State. went on to win this championship with right. Mo Peterson and Mateen Cleaves. Okay, so, yeah, so it's a one championship. <laughs> so then, uh, yeah. yeah, so possible. Yeah, yeah. that'll be. Very good hire. I'm not gonna. I'm not looking forward to playing Cena Hall in a couple of years with him. No, no, no. I mean, they 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 lose Cena Hall loses some players, but yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. He's definitely gonna be able to recruit that that New York that New York that New York City area, New York that North Jersey New York City area, he'll def, the tri-state area. He'll definitely be. He'll definitely be recruiting that. He'll definitely do a good job recruiting that area. But uh, we got the second game in Philadelphia on Friday night, and that's between two legendary programs, uh, North Carolina and uh, UCLA. And I think this is going to be a really close game. I really, really like the way North Carolina's been playing, but I also didn't like the way they closed out that game against Baylor. You're going to win a national title. You got, you got to, you got to close that game out. You got, to, you got to hold a 25 point lead. I, I think R.J. Davis had a phenomenal game. Obviously, if Caleb, you have Armando uh, uh, Baycott and uh, and Brady Manick. I think this is a close, competitive game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with experience. And this, this starting five from UCLA, I, I think I believe all five starters were together last year. I'm going to go with experience. I got UCLA and Mick Corona winning a close one, heading back to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I got UCLA in a close one. I can't believe for all of the success these two have had, it was only the third time they're ever meeting in a tournament. I think the last one was 97. I think they Sweet 16 or Elite Eight game, uh, I think it was, they, for how much success they've had. But, yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I got UCLA in this one. And the way Brady Manick's been playing, he's been on fire. Four of the last six games, he's been 20 points. Jaime Hawkins did not pray yesterday after he sprained his ankle on Saturday night, but he did travel with them. So I, it sounds like he's still questionable. Again, if he does not play, I may go North Carolina. But, yeah, that again, they clo- the way they close that game out very really scares me. But, yeah, you know, um, and Caleb Love's kind of, I think, the X factor. If he can knock down his threes or, you know, he's 40%. He's right around 40% um, as a three-point shooter in their wins. He's 25% in their losses. So, He's the X factor. He can knock down their shots. North Carolina's got a very good shot. If not, they, they could be in some trouble, um, you know, on Friday night. But I, I with you, I think UCLA with the experience. I think right now, I think they find a way to get the win on Friday night. Yeah, it should be a good game between those between those two schools. So now we both have UCLA and Purdue in the Elite Eight. Should be a really really good game in the Elite Eight. But even though Mick Corona is probably a better tournament coach than Matt Painter, I'm going to go with the team as the best player on the floor. In in, in uh, Jaden Ivy, I'm going to go with the team. I'm going to go with Jaden Ivy to get Purdue to the Final Four. I got per, I, so in my bracket, I have Purdue going, and I still got him going to the Final Four. Justin, who do you got between Purdue and UCLA? I'm going opposite. I got UCLA. I, I mostly I just cannot trust Matt Painter. I till I see it do it, I I can't take him. Um, if Jaime Hawkins doesn't play again, if he's still not ready on Sunday. Does concern me, um, or on third day, yeah, Friday night they're playing. Um, but so I, that would still concern me. But I think UCLA, with the going back to experience, I think they find a way to win that game. Um, I think they do a good job trying to shut down or slowing down Jaden Ivy in that offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it'll be a really close game, but between the two teams, I know you don't trust Matt Painter, but you got a rematch. You got a rematch in the Final Four. You're going to have Gonzaga playing playing UCLA. I'm going to have Gonzaga playing Purdue. Yeah, the, the, both those games would be fun. Purdue and Tiger maybe like a hundred eighty point total. Those those two king teams to get up down the floor. Uh, yeah, Gonzaga UCLA again. That that was a classic last year. Um, you know, 
to yeah, I know they played earlier in the year, but um, I I, I would assume um, it's a closer game this time. And again, hopefully it would deliver like it did last year because that was a phenomenal game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It should, it should, it should be a great game. Uh, between those, it should be a great game. Between those, it should be a great game either way. If it's if if it's Gonzaga Purdue or the game you have, the game I have Gonzaga Purdue or the game that you have Gonzaga and UCLA, it should be. It could be. A, and we know Gonzaga and UCLA had a great game last year. It should be a great game either way. But we got the last region, and that is the Midwest region in Chicago. And uh, the first game is between Providence, uh, Providence and Kansas. I mean, Providence. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think Providence. I had them losing the first round. I was so unimpressed them at the Big East tournament, but they play. They had two really good games. They blew out Richmond, and then they and they beat uh, South Dakota State in the first game. Kansas uh, survived Creighton in the second round. I think this is a close competitive game, but the difference is going to be Ajabi. You can always rely on Ajabi. I think he's the best player in the country, and I think that Kansas moves on to the Elite Eight. But can Providence make their first trip to the Elite Eight since 1997? Can't believe I'm saying this, but I think they knock off Kansas. Oh, oh, oh. I think they oh, do. Wow. I can't. And you, I, you weren't a fan of Providence all year. No, but again, I, I really like Cooley, and I did not like the way Kansas played Saturday. That Korean team had five guys, and they they could not put them away. I know Jai did not play well, but outside of Remy Martin, they didn't, you know guys didn't really step up around. I don't like again. For all the talent, and that this is Kansas. This is not their most talented team either. They've had more talented teams. Again, you know, I don't think this is the most talented one. I think that could come back to to bite them. Again, I think you know if they if they want to get a foul trouble and they can get it down low to him, and you know he could kind of take McCormick, get him some trouble, foul trouble. I think problems can knock him off. It, like with all the, I you know, again they they do have talent. It's not all luck, but like it's one of those things too where the luck it just has not run out yet. I I could just kind of see it keep going here, um, but. I just I think it out Durham too. If he can knock down shots early, and Noah Horkler's been shooting the ball really well in the circuit. I think he's averaging like fifteen and eight so far through the first two games. I, I think you know I'll take Ed Cooley right now. I think he, I think he can outcoach Bill Self in this game. I think they could figure out a good game plan for him. I'll I'll take Providence. Oh, so Justin is going with the upset in the elite in the elite eight, and uh, so the second game is a game we didn't really expect. Uh, Iowa State faces uh, faces Miami, and I think this is a close competitive game, but I think Miami's got a little bit more talent and obviously a coach with more experience. That's why I got them playing Kansas in the Elite Eight. But, Justin, can the Cyclones go from winning two games last year to the Elite Eight this year? They got a chance. This Iowa State did not lose a game outside of the conference play. They beat, you know, Xavier, Memphis, um, New Tech, I think they beat two. They, they beat some decent teams out there. Um, T.J. Altsberg, he's Done a phenomenal job, you know. You certainly kind of get UNLV going before he left last year. Um, you know, both teams kind of got some experience. Kale Grill for Iowa State came back um, with TJ. He was at UNLV with him last year. He's an experienced guard. You know, this is gonna. It's another game contrast of styles where Iowa State really wants to kind of slow this thing down, kind of play in the 60s. Like again, they're they want to muck it up like they did Sunday against Wisconsin. Miami, they want to get up and down. They want to score. And you kind of saw what they did to Auburn on, on Sunday. They took advantage of – I should have known of Auburn's poor shooting um, selection that they, they just got leak outs every single time. And, you know, they got out – you know, um, they got out transition and they got layups after layups. You know, but I think I got Miami because they're, they're guards. Charlie Moore is the seventh year of college. You know, 
he played. He was on that Cal team. He played. I think he started for that Cal team most of that year that had Jalen Brown on that team. You know, he's still in college. You know, he's 24 years old. I think we, you know, with him, Isaiah Wong's been phenomenal this year as well, the junior guard. And they don't really turn over either. They only have, they only average about nine turnovers a game. They're really good with the ball. You saw what they did Sunday against Auburn. I'll take Jim Laranaga to get back to the lead eight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it should be a close competitive game, but you got to go with the better coach uh, in this matchup. So we go to the Elite Eight. You got a weird matchup here. You got kind of an old Big East. I know they weren't in the Big Miami was in the Big East for that long, but you kind of have an old Big yeah. East matchup between Providence and Miami. I don't think I don't think a matchup anybody expected. I got Kansas and Miami, and obviously because I had Kansas in my Final Four, I'm going with Kansas to get to the Final Four this year uh, to beat uh, to beat Miami. But we'll see who wins. It's going to be interesting to see who wins your matchup between Providence and Miami. Yeah, I'm going really back and forth. I was – I think I'm going to take Providence, but I with, I love Miami's guards, though. You know, I'm going to – I'm going Miami. I love their guards. Oh, I, I, you got I Miami really going to the guards. Final Four. So now, so now you like the ACC. I, I like I like Jim Laranaga more. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. And you saw what he did with George Mason. Then, oh, you know, I know. I know. Well, we know as UConn fans, we yeah, did with Jordan yeah. Mason. We know very well. Yeah, that that you know that. So I, I you know I think this could be where probably meets are I just I love the guards more long. Uh, you know, up front, you know, Jordan Miller's had a really good year too. I I I'll take the, the experience. I know Providence got the experience guards too, but the problem with Durham at times is he's too inconsistent. It's the same thing with um, AJ Reeves. I'll take the I'll take you know two guys I'll bank on a uh, Charlie Moore and Isaiah Wong that they they're just pure book getters. That's what you need. I'll take my it's a close one. Would not be shocked to see Prime get to the final four. Would not be shocked to see him win it. But Larry Nate's kind of been there. He kind of that's a ten seed. You know, I know Drew Mace. They're eleven. Yeah, they're eleven seed. So you know he knows how to get there as a one of these underdog seeds. They're playing well again. Defense worries me for Miami, but. I, I'll I'll take the Hurricanes to get the Final Four. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Abs, uh, uh, that's that's a that's a good that's a, uh, that's that's a weird pick, but I I like that pick. Yeah. I like that pick. You're going you're going, so so you got so you got a uh, you got a you got three one seeds and no 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 you have you have, you have I get some oh, you, you got you got two, two one air. seeds two one seeds a four seed and a ten seed. Yeah, got some got got we got a couple weird ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I have a three one seeds and a three seed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I again, I, I can totally see it happening. Um, there's just so much talent on that. Well, you know, there's just so much the upper tier one seeds. But yeah, it's been been a good, crazy tournament. Like it usually was. That Thursday night was kind of the first night of the tournament was great. My weekend was pretty good. But yeah, um, should be hopefully out of whatever kind of four mismatch you know we get of you know hopefully our prediction we get them right and hopefully those they should be hopefully good matchups. Oh, absolutely. 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 So we're going to wrap up the show talking, talking a little bit of baseball. And uh, on Sunday, the Sox signed Trevor Story to a six-year, $240 million deal. And we've been begging High and Bloom to make a splash. He made a splash here. But the question is, do they really need Trevor Story? They, I think where they're missing is they really – the thing about this offseason, they really haven't upgraded the bullpen, and they really haven't upgraded the rotation. And that's scary, seeing that Chris Sale – is not going to be is not not going to be ready for opening day. Evaldi had a career year last year, uh, and uh, you look at the bullpen. The bullpen really struggled in the second half of the year. The big question is, and we'll ask, answer this question first: 
are the Sox the best team in the American League? I think they're not, and I think they're not by I, I think they're not by a wide margin. I think the, the the bullpen and the rotation surprises me, and they're not going to sneak up on people the way they did last year. And, and let's not forget, yes, this team got the ALCS, but they really struggled in the second half of the season last year. So I def I absolutely do not think this team is the best team in the American League making this deal. No, I don't think so either. They I this is kind of an assurance policy because Bogarts. I believe he could opt out of the free agent at the end of the year. So, and because actually I did the game on Sunday and they kind of said that they don't really know. Nobody kind of, Bogart seems to like it here, but like nobody knows really if he's going to, you know, opt out, if he wants, if he's going to sign long term here or not. It's kind of a big question mark. So I, it's a more of an insurance policy this year with, with them. And if not, again, they don't, I think up the middle, like they've jeered downs, but I don't really know if they got anybody else down the farm that, they have like right away, um, but yeah, it's insurance probably. I think it's a it's a nice pickup for that lineup, um, but yeah, they didn't really do much, and they finally did make that big splash. And they, you know, Heim's kind of showing now that hey, you know, he's gonna show, and you know, he'll 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 pay when you know he wants, and he'll get the big guy when they want it. So, um, but going to the AL East, no, I think they're the third. I think there's I think they're better than the Yankees right now, um, but yeah, that rotation does bother me a little because. You know, they bring in a guy like Rich Hill, which he's probably going to get you four or five innings a night. Walker's probably like the same thing. Tanner Houck's in the rotation probably long-term this year. I don't know. You know, I think the plan is to have Whitlock too, but we'll see there. Um, the bullpen's a worry. But, yeah, I just think that lineup's going to mash, and I, I think, you know, it's going to be a tough lineup to navigate through. And I think right now, no, I think they're probably the third best team they have. Yeah, I'd probably go third because it's like you know Tampa's going to somehow pitch at second. I know Tampa doesn't have – but it's, it's Tampa bet. you, you got to bank on them of being right there to the end. Uh, but I, I think they're probably right now the third best team in that division. And I was going to ask that question, are they the best team in the AL East? And I agree with you. I agree with you they're the third best team in the AL East because I like – I think Tampa, they're Tampa. They're one of the top organizations in baseball. They're going to be there. Uh, you look at Toronto. I really like the moves Toronto made getting, uh, getting Gosman and getting Matt Chapman. So – so I think Toronto is going to be in second. So I think they're in third. And a big reason why they're in third is they really haven't addressed this rotation. And they've lost guys in this rotation. They lost – you know, I know Aguero Rodriguez isn't great, but they lost him. And the bullpen really struggled in the second half of the season last year. And really overall the team struggled in the second half of the year. They have a great lineup. They might have the top lineup in the game, but starting pitching and bullpen is why I have them. I think they go to the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs. But I got them finishing in third. I think they're a, you know, I think they're in, you know, an, an eighty-five to ninety win team that makes that gets a wild card spot. Yeah, I'm with you. I think yeah, I think they're gonna be right around that wild card spot. Um, yeah, because yeah, Barnes struggled again. Whitlock, you could say, was their best closer. I mean, their best reliever, pretty much, and he may be in the rotation this year. So yeah, that that could kind of worry some things. Barnes is usually good in the first half, but yes, it's the second half where Barnes has really struggled the last couple of years. You know, I know they sound like a Jake Diekman, but, you know, a lefty specialist, you know, nothing crazy. But, yeah, I just – I think, yeah, I think the Red Sox are a wild card team. Yeah, the, the thing – maybe the maybe the Blue Jays line's a little bit better. It may be a little bit more deep in the Red Sox, but it's right there. It's like one, two, though. With the Dodgers, too. Like, I think you could probably go either one of those three. Could um have the best lineup in baseball. But, yeah, I think right now they're third. I think Toronto's a little bit better than them. I think Tampa Bay, which, again, will just, they'll just find a way – and. Again, I know we could think in a second, and I think they're the fourth best team in the division. 
Yeah, now now let's get to the Yankees and where they are in the in the, in the AL East. You say they're the fourth best team in the division. I got to agree. Now I think they're the fourth best team in the division, but with six teams making the playoffs, I think there's a very very good chance they'll be a playoff team. I I think I think they're you know in in eighty three to eighty five. They're like an eighty five to maybe you know eighty eight win team. I still think they're a playoff team, but in this division, I put them in fourth place because and a, and a big reason for that is because of the lineup. And the lack of depth in the rotation, the lineup and lack of depth in the rotation is the reason why. Because Glaber Torres and DJ LeMay, DJ LeMay, who have to have better years for this team, for this team to to win the division, they will not win because they clearly have the fourth best lineup in the division right now. But if LeMayu and Torres can bounce back and have good years, this lineup actually has a chance to be not as good as the Red Sox or or, or, or Toronto, but this lineup has a chance to be pretty good if. Those guys have good years, but seeing what you've seen from Glaber Torres, there's not much optimism there. And LeMayu gets a year older. The lineup will be better than it was last year because they'll have Donaldson in that lineup, and they'll have uh, they'll have Rizzo in this in, in that lineup for the full for the full season. But I do think because of their lineup and their depth in the, depth in the rotation, I have them as the fourth best team in the AL East. Yeah, I do too. And now the one of the big things too is it sounds like well, you know, again, like they may possibly not have Aaron Judge or Rizzo for their home games. Because Rizzo wasn't vaccinated last year. I don't know. You know, it doesn't sound like, again, the mayor may, but again, that's something there. You may only have Judge or Rizzo for 70 games. This yeah. Year. And that's, that's something that's, I know it's out of your control, but get vaccinated. Yeah. That's like Kyrie Irving, I get know. vaccinated. Help your team. You got to help I your know. team. If these guys aren't vaccinated, that, that, and that's big. If we have to, you know, we get, we, we, we for that opening series at home against the Red Sox, if, if we, if we lose games because we have, we don't have players in our lineup, that's not good. No, and he's not gonna be able. They're both not gonna be able to play in Toronto either. So that you know, so yeah, that, again, so that got a very big worry. I could see him finish on the five hundred. That's the case. Um, but yeah, I again, yeah, you know, again, Lemayhu. I think it sounded like he was the injury. Hopefully, it was. Hopefully, he gets back to being DJ Lemayhu that you know he was the first few years here. The line, yeah, the rotation again. They just put Herman on the IL. You know, Montgomery's. You know, again, because he doesn't have the stuff that blow it by, you know, he's a guy that he may only go three innings one night. You know, it just, yeah, you don't really know what you're going to get out of Cole. Again, I know Sebi fit Sunday, he wasn't great, but again, his first spring training game, again, hopefully, you know, hope and pray that Sebi could stay healthy this year. You know, Donaldson, again, I just hope stays on the field, you know, if it plays like 130 games. But yeah, you know, like Stan, because he's going to probably have to play more in the outfield because Donaldson's not going to be played be able to play the field every day, you know, can stay and stay healthy this year, you know, if he's playing more in the outfield. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of question marks. Can this team stay healthy? You know, I know they're still right on the running for Sean Manier and then um, Frankie Matzen with the A's for another starter, which would be very nice. But, yeah, I think right now the Yankees, I think they're the fourth best team. I could see them, you know, 85. But, again, if it's true and Judge and Rizzo are not vaccinated, I can really see this team being under 500. Yeah, because I don't know if the mayor is going to lift it. We'll see when yeah. Eric Adams lifts this rule. And you can complain about the rule all you want. You can complain about the rule. But in the end, especially when it's a requirement for you to play, you got to get vaccinated. That's the thing. If it's a requirement for you to play, you got to get vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Again, I know it's a right, but yeah, it, again, it, you're kind of seeing what's doing to the Nets. You know, it, it really kind of oh, causes team. It causes them to be tardy. It's it's it, yeah it did and it's the reason why this team is in the playing tournament. Yeah, you know it, yeah they're gonna have to go to a little, you know possibly the one or two seed to go play in the Eastern Conference. So yeah, you know again I I don't know why. Again maybe with the Yankees, Matt, me you know because again it's gonna be a stronger kind of 
backlash you're going to get, you know, more pressure on the mayor to kind of lift this. But again, who knows? I don't, you know, again, I don't, I don't know. It, it could, that, there sounds like there's another variant too coming. So again, it, you know, who knows? You Yeah, it's not like this thing. This thing is over. There, yeah. uh, our cases went up in Connecticut this week, so yeah. it's not like this thing is completely over yet. I think the the thing is, is and it's and, and the thing is, is you got to get vaccinated. That, that it's plain and simple. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I know you're hurting your team. I know it's your right, but you got to you got to do it. You know, you, you have to. It's again, it's your team. Again, I don't know why. What the I don't I don't know why they they you know they haven't public said why it's kind of their why they haven't got it but yeah they do again you're hurting the team you know by not addressing it again yeah especially for judging a contract here too you play 70 games you know if that if that happens you only play 70 games i can get the best contract he wants too you know i'd be thinking about that you know for the future as well so yeah i just again it's um it's a tough spot right now but they, yeah they got to get vaccinated and help the team out because you know, um, this team, they need those two to go on a run here. They just, you know, I know Boy had to stay healthy, but they, they did trade him away still. Like, you know, he, he's the primary for Bathing every day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So we'll see what happens with the Yankees. But we'll talk about another player the Yankees missed out on. That's Carlos Correa. The Twins signed him to a three-year on Friday night. The Twins signed him to a three-year $105 million deal. And 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 I think that I think that the Twins right now it's it's a good you know it's a good move to make, uh, and they have to get better in the next two to three years. Uh, you have to get better in the next two to three years. But I think the Twins have made some good moves this offseason, trading for Gary Sanchez, getting Carlos Correa. But the big question is, are the Twins a playoff team with these moves? And I don't think so. I just don't think their pitching is good enough. Their bullpen is decent, but it's not great. And their lineup has improved. It's improved with Correa. It's improved with Sanchez. They they have they have uh, Polanco who had a really good year last year, but I still don't think the Twins are a playoff team. No, I'm like you have Buxton too, but has Buxton, Buck, Brian Buxton played like more than like 80 games a season yet? Like you know, that's another big thing. Yeah, you know they're pitching Brutti. Yeah, it's not it's Sonny Gray's ace, Joe Ryan, which I've never heard of him. Uh, you know Dylan Bundy who had a really poor year, and I know that you know. Yeah, so I think the the rotations that hurt them, and like don't you know Detroit's gonna be better too. They played really well down the stretch last year, and they, and they just got started, and they got Javier Bias too. Yeah, and it, you know again I can't stand AJ Hinch, but he is a pretty good manager. You know that team's gonna be right there. So yeah, I, I think for the Twins, I think they're probably left out here. I think Curry's a nice addition, um, but I think the Central Division is gonna be a lot better than it did last year. And, I think Cleveland, if they stay healthy, could kind of, you know, who knows what happens over it, Jose Ramirez in that lineup. But, you know, I think right now the Twins are probably the third best team in that division. I tired probably a little bit better than them, but it's close. Yeah, right now I have the Twins, you know, outside looking into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, but eventually the Twins are going to have to continue. They can't trade off parts pieces now. Now, that, even if they're out of it next year, they cannot trade trade off. They can't trade. They can't trade people. They have to try to get better for this deal to be worth it for them. Yeah, you know, and the answer I because I heard too with the deal is Correa could opt out after this year too. So like if it goes south though, and this season goes south, he could very well possibly, and he's still twenty nine, so he could still if he really wants. Because I think part of maybe why I signed this is, you know, if things don't go well here in Houston, here like you're, or he's only twenty seven, he could still get like an eight nine year deal. He can get that max deal, you know, somewhere else if he doesn't kind of like the direction or something goes wrong this year. So I think that's very well on the table. So yeah, I think for the twins, it's like they really got to show, 
you know, that they're committed to winning, you know, right now and that they, they really want to make this thing work. Absolutely. 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 So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For Jace, our producer, Jace Garcia, did a great job. For Justin Raffrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week recapping NFL free agency and previewing the Final Four. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Finch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.